I'm not sure if you've ever heard about the Dead Sea Scrolls, one of the great historical discoveries of our time, especially for people of the Christian or the Jewish faith. About 80 years ago, a number of parchment scrolls were discovered in some caves uh, close to the Dead Sea in Israel. And when archaeologists examined the scrolls, they discovered that many of them were actually manuscripts from the Old Testament. Some of them dated back as far as 300 BC. Got an image, uh, just an example of one that was found. A number of the scrolls had been damaged over the years, as you can imagine, but the one that was most intact was actually the Isaiah scroll, which we heard from today in the first reading. It was almost completely preserved and over 700 centimetres long. Amazing, huh? What was so remarkable about this discovery was that the wording in these ancient manuscripts was almost identical with the wording in our Bibles today. The scribes had obviously been very faithful and meticulous as they replicated the text again and again over the years, which means that we can be fairly confident that these words we heard today were indeed the words God spoke through the prophet Isaiah thousands of years ago. In the midst of a very challenging period of their history, God was once again promising his people deliverance. And he says, here's the sign to look out for. A maiden is with child and will soon give birth to a son whom she will call Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. That's when you know that your deliverance is close at hand. That's the sign. Now, do you know what is even more remarkable than the accuracy of the Bible over centuries? It's that the promises which we find in these ancient texts actually transpired. 700 or so years after Isaiah preached this message to God's people, the angel of the Lord again announced it, this time to Joseph in a dream. And we heard that in the gospel today. And not long after that, the virgin did indeed give birth to a son. And he was named Jesus, or in Hebrew, Yeshua, a name which means deliverer, saviour. Here, in this child, is the fulfilment of God's promise all those years ago. Here is the promised Emmanuel, which was not his name, but his role. Jesus was sent to be God's loving, healing, saving presence with us. This is the good news. This is the good news St. Paul's talking about in the second reading today. The good news is that, quite simply, God is with us. God has entered into the darkest crevices of the human condition. And because of that, there is not a situation, regardless of how final or how hopeless it may seem, that is not ultimately redeemable by God. 
Because God is with us, we now have a direct connection to the author and the source of all life. So if we want to, we can draw from this life, which St. Paul says, over time, gradually transforms us into a whole new being, into a whole new creation. Because God is with us, we can now actually live out our deepest purpose, which is to become like God. Our life now can have eternal meaning and significance because God is with us. All we need to do, St. Paul says, is to believe and to put our trust in Yeshua, God who is with us. Now this brings me to the key question I want to reflect a little on today. See, if this good news is true, and if we truly believe it, and if we put our trust in it, then why don't we always see the evidence of this good news in our lives? Like, for example, we see in the life of St. Paul. You see, if God is with us, and God is good, and God is all-powerful, then we should be noticing some differences, some changes in our life, right? We should, for example, notice ourselves generally more at peace, more kind of steady in our life, even in the midst of troubling circumstances. We should notice within ourselves a growing sense of hope, even when things around us seem hopeless. The good news should inspire in us a greater desire and a capacity to be generous and to love others in the same way that God has loved us. If we believe in the good news, then why don't we always see the evidence in our life? Well, let me ask you this question first. Have you ever noticed that you can be with someone but not actually be with them? You notice that? You might be physically present to them. You might even be like in conversation with them. But you know you're not really with them. You with me? <laughs> you're not really giving them your whole self, right? Like you're deep down, you're sort of holding something back. You're somewhat distant. You're with them, but you're not really with them. Anyone married here? You, yeah. <laughs> Anyone ever lived in a family would know that, right? You can be with someone but not really with them. Well, the problem is that we also do that with God. And this is one of the key reasons why the good news doesn't always have the impact in our life that it should. This is why we can often be so stressed and worried and unhappy because although God is with us, we are not with God. Jesus said it like this in John's Gospel. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me as I abide in you, you will do remarkable things. But if you don't abide in me, then you can't do anything. 
Jesus' point is that God can only be with us to the degree that we are with him. At times, perhaps even often, we may think that we are close to God, but in reality, deep down, we have all these kind of walls up that are keeping God at a distance. God might be very present in our minds. We might read and study about God. We might listen to homilies and talks about God. We might have all these clever concepts in our mind about who God is, but yet actually be quite distant from God in our hearts. Even our prayer sometimes can be quite superficial, can't it? We just sort of bring a little bit of ourselves to God. We're not really with him. We don't bring our whole selves. Sometimes we come to God and we're not very conscious of all. Have you ever, ever noticed that? You sort of walk away from Mass and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> right? Or you say your prayer and you're like, what, what did I just say? Sometimes we, we come to God just out of routine, out of habit, and we're just not at all with God. The Christian life is really, quite simply, all about being with the God who is with us. This is when the good news really comes alive in us. This is when uh, it really starts to shape and to change our lives. When we bring ourselves fully and wholeheartedly to God, to a God who's already with us, just waiting for the real us to show up. The most beautiful, holy, hope-filled, powerful people throughout history are those who have simply learned how to be with God. That's the secret of the saints. So how do we do it? How do we be with God? How do we give ourselves wholeheartedly? Well, that's something that you actually need to work out for yourself. That's between you and God. It's going to be a little bit different for each one of us, right? But that's the spiritual journey, learning how to be with God. Today, I want to give you a little example, though, a simple practice that you can use to be with God. And you can do this almost anywhere. right? You can do it when you're driving or when you're walking the dog or washing the dishes or whatever you're doing. If you're comfortable, I want to invite you just for a moment to, to close your eyes. The first thing I want to invite you to do is to try and transfer your attention, your consciousness from your head, from you know, your mind, from your thoughts, to your heart. And as you get in touch with that deepest place within you, your metaphorical heart, what do you notice there? What's going on there? Maybe you find there some grief or anger or anxiety or worry. Or maybe your heart is full of love at the moment. Love for a particular person or for God or for an aspect of your life. Or maybe in your heart is a great dream or a desire that's really important to you at the moment. 
Whatever it is, it's good just to notice it. The first step to being with God is simply noticing what is in your heart and connecting with it. Now, from that place, from that place deep in your heart, whatever's going on there, whatever you notice there, I want to invite you just to turn your attention, turn your heart towards God, who is already with you. Bring all that is in your heart with you to God. And then just allow yourself to be there for a moment. God with you and you with God. Whilst you're there, you might feel led to say something to God. You might ask God something, or maybe not. You might just be happy just sitting there with God. Now, ordinarily, I'd encourage you to stay there as long as you can. (laughs) But we're on a bit of a schedule here, so I invite you to open your eyes now and come back to the room. Being with God can be that simple. It's just about being intentional, connecting with your heart and turning your heart to God. The more that you practice being with God, the more your communion with God will deepen and the more receptive you will be to all the gifts that God wants to give you. Right? So this week, I want to encourage you to make that little exercise your practice as you prepare once again for the coming gift of Emmanuel, God with us. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.